The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Ladies and gentlemen, the Retro Network proudly presents to you, in association with the House Show Crew, a little morsel for your Monday. Answering all the questions that you send our way. So no more lollygagging, let's take on the day. Welcome to the running. Welcome to the running. Celebrate everyone. It is Monday morning. It is Maddie Treats here, and what a week of wrestling we have had. Welcome to the run in presented by the House Show, which is presented by the Retro Network. It is our inception of Monday podcasts. We want to appreciate you guys for joining us. And joining me is none other than my man, the educator of excellence. Educator, how you doing today? What's going on, Treats? Hello, everybody from Retro Network, tuning in to hear what we have to say today. Lots of stuff to chit-chat about regarding wrestling this past week. Looking forward to hearing your guys' versions and what you thought uh, this past week had to have for us. What a weekend it was. I mean, busy, busy weekend for combat sports, wrestling, everything going on in the world. And a busy weekend for my next uh, co-host here, Mr. Kevin Hallians. Kevin, how you doing? Oh my gosh, there's so much going on in wrestling, so much going on for ourselves as well. I'm uh, I'm in my hometown on a bit of a retro hunt right now for hopefully some future content for my stuff. You know, it's exciting times. So you are in the hometown. You actually went to my parents' garage sale uh, two days ago. Uh, what'd you find there? Anything good? I, I, I did. Speaking of fresh wrestling content, I got some fresh wrestling content for me that is your old wrestling content. That's right. Yeah, I think you bought a couple programs. You got some, some uh, WrestleMania well, program. There, it's not my content. It was, you know, whenever I go to an event, I buy my father a program because that's just growing up that's what we would do when we would go to an event and uh i so i buy in these wrestlemania programs and then you get them at a discounted rate six years later yep his loss was my gain i i spent i spent five dollars on that how much did you buy it for again i think it was 20 or 25 had to worry about putting it in the suitcase to bring it back those are easy actually i i figured out how to do that with the suitcase i have so there's no creases involved but you know when you go to these events and that is one thing they don't you know they, they don't mention to you is of course you have the superstore that's there they take over like a whole retail space is you buy a ton of crap at least I did, at least. Um, as, as everyone knows, I, I enjoy having some some wrestling things. Uh, it's the only thing I really, truly love in life. I have brought this up many times. I was talking to someone about this, where the only thing that makes me happy is watching wrestling and talking wrestling with you guys. So as weird and as sad as that sounds, that's just the God darndest truth. It, it is what it is. So when you go to these things, though, you, you got to make sure you have the right um, way of packing it so you don't you know, hurt anything, especially too, if you're like me and you try to get super, super close to the ring and then you get the chair, the commemorative pay-per-view chair. Now, what they don't tell you though, is you got to ship that back. If you're in a city, it can't be your carry on. 
No, like uh, they look at you very weird if you're bringing it on to carry on. Plus, with it being a carry on, they you know they load it underneath. They'll they'll make sure they put a tag on it and stuff, and it's gonna get scuffed up. I will have I believe it. Uh, usually, I think we just go. Uh, myself and my brother in the past have just gone to like a, a FedEx and it's like 50, 60 bucks just to ship it. So added cost to your ticket, but it is what it is. I mean, there's no other, uh, no other way around it. How many chairs do you have at this point? I only like having pay-per-view chairs from pay-per-views I've gone to. Right. I think that's a cool thing to have. Um, so I have my like two WrestleMania ones uh, and uh, I, I think one Royal Rumble one. At the Rumble, you were behind Noel Foley. Uh, two, yeah, got one for that. Actually, I got two two Rumbles because I got one in Philly too. But I went to Philly by myself, and then I think I just got one Mania. Actually, I got two Rumbles, one Mania. Now, funny thing is, growing up, my father for Christmas one year got me a random Unforgiven chair with Batista on it, and I have no clue why he got it for me or what was the reasoning behind it. But now that chair I don't have anymore. You know who owns it is none other than the Mass Library because he takes the Island of Misfit Wrestling memorabilia and that he just goes into his room. So, uh, so Kevin, do you have that chair still in your room? I do not have that chair in my room. I have that chair in my old room at my mom's house. Maybe I'll, you know what? That's maybe I'll take a picture of it, put it up with the running. What um, what pay per view is it? Do you know? I don't know shirtless Batista pay per view. Yeah, have you been finding a lot of stuff um, at your at your um, at your mother's house um, of old memorabilia that we've talked about? There's a lot. I'm like, I don't even remember you getting this, which means probably you or Mangler got it. Good. Well, if there's anything I want back, I will let you know. Oh, okay, good. Take take photos, document it, and send them to me. All right. So uh, so let's get into the week that was wrestling because a lot of stuff happened. Um, so we had, uh, let's see, let's run it down real quick. Um, Sonia Deville's stuff happened where she's being stalked. Someone tried to kidnap her. Crazy story. Uh, Renee Young comes out that she's leaving, uh, the WWE, uh, to, for, for greener pastures. Uh, let's see here. The Thunderdome kicked off on SmackDown. Uh, AEW was preempted on Wednesday. They actually uh, took place on Saturday night. Uh, NXT TakeOver 30 Saturday night, SummerSlam weekend. So the first thing I want to talk to you guys about is what did you think of the Kalisto heel turn in the Lucha House Party? To be honest with you, I didn't watch SmackDown whatsoever, so... Uh, just got basic clips here and there of just seeing the Thunderdome and the Fiend interacting with McMahon, but that was about it. What did, what did you guys think of the Thunderdome, um, in all honesty? Um, obviously, uh, we are actually, just so everyone knows, we're recording this on Sunday morning, so we have not, um, you know, SummerSlam's happening tonight. Uh, we will not break it down for you, but uh, it's taking place in the Thunderdome. Did you like the setup of the Thunderdome? I think it's a really cool concept. It's just that the live fans at home with their webcams, it, it's its just going to be a continuous hassle. I mean, I'm already seeing posts about banned individuals that are not going to be able to continue and participate. It just seems more like a chore than anything else for WWE to try to incorporate fans within the presentation of the product during this you know, health pandemic era. So... The Thunderdome 
didn't look great in the still pictures that leaked out. I thought this is the dumbest idea. It looked a little better and more interesting in action. But then you see, you're, you're seeing a window into these fans' homes. So I saw multiple fans repeated on screens. Like the, one of them, the same guy was like next to himself. So that was just kind of odd. You know people are going to pull stuff on there. It doesn't look, it looked like, what, maybe 100 people total? Which, yeah, that's, quote, fans. But honestly, AEW's got the best idea with the open building. To just have fans there, have space there and everything. And it still looks fun and you can distance and all. It looked, I get it. I understand why they're doing it. The fact that they're willing to invest this much money in it makes me worry how long we're in this no fans era for because you're not going to spend money like this if you think there's fans in a month. This is like a year out, probably. Well, I know that their their residency at the Amway Center, which is where the Thunderdome is set up, runs through the end of October. Um, and the reports have come out they are paying $400,000 for the use of the arena through that time. Um, so they are spending a little bit of money. Of course, that is... Um, you know, Gallows' contract. So <laughs> it's as weird. They they made so much money through that last quarter of the pandemic by all these cost-cutting measures, and they're not traveling, so it's set up. It's good. They don't have to worry about it. Um, I do agree with you guys on the in incorporating the fans. I think it's really weird, especially in wrestling, because that fan interaction is so key where they need to, they need to show a reaction. And with the delay of you know, the camera and streaming and what's happening. Like there's the fans are literally just, it's just looking at people's faces. You would be better off just putting up people's faces. Like I, but I do love the intros when they're coming out in the screens and the way they've incorporated like the, the pyro in between that looks awesome. I, yeah, I, think I agree I, with that. I think I sent a text to you guys last night is I want to see Karrion and cross's intro in the Thunderdome because with his, with, you know, the whole thing with Scarlet and the flames and everything that would look so sick. But when you're trying to incorporate the fans and, you know, it just looks weird. Uh, the NBA does it, but the NBA does it differently too, because they actually put fans in virtual seats. So, and I'm sure you guys know this because you guys watch the NBA. Um, so they take the outline of the person and, and switch their background. So everyone has the same background. Um, so it doesn't look as uh, disjointed as the WWE where you have some person who's got a green wall and then a white wall behind them and a blue wall and it's kind of jarring to the eye. Everyone has the same and you're just seeing the fans in virtual seats. So, uh, But you know what? I, it, at least it's something different. I don't mind them trying different things during the pandemic because why the hell not? I mean, <laughs> what do they got to lose? You got to do something. It's really, for me, I'm struggling with this current uh, presentation of the product since the, the whole shutdown. I'm finding it hard to really get through a lot of the shows on Monday, on Friday, e even on Wednesday. It's a struggle for me. And it, it really emphasizes the point how much, it, how, how important the fans are and the live reaction of the fans to the product really makes a key part of the show palatable to the television audience and I, i'm all for trying stuff we just have to right now and we're months away from finding out what works but it's only going to be through people trying stuff like this 
the Thunderdome AEW setup. Uh, LVAC in Pennsylvania indie show did a drive-in wrestling night. Like, let's just try everything and see what works to get things there again. And I'm curious too, Kevin, because I know you brought up the fact that if you're spending the money, this is going to happen for a while. When you have to bring fans in that are socially distanced, of course, AEW announced that they're selling tickets to an event <laughs> upcoming uh, next week, this Thursday. Um, when you have to bring in and you got to socially distance, um, and I'm going to guess these LED screens that the WWE has can be, you know, concocted in any way they want whatsoever. That may help with the social distancing. So say you got a pot over here and then this section is all LED screens and like a pizza slice of LED screens. And then you have fans over here in a little pocket or groups. And then this row is LED screens. It could make it look, you know, um, it, it could make it look fuller. And then you just mic the live fans rather than have the fake crowd noise pumped in and, and stuff like that. So I'm very interested to see what the Thunderdome starts to look like as you bring fans into the building as well. Um, and of course, attendance has been down. You go to these shows and they look empty, especially if you go to a SmackDown or a Raw, you know, you know, sitting through three hours on a Monday night is tough. You're not going to get many kids there. So with ticket sales being down, that could be something too, where we're not even going to open this section. We're going to put our virtual fans in and you could sell probably tickets for five bucks a pop or whatever it is for people that want to get on that live stream and make revenue that way without even opening those tickets rather than having, you know, this emptiness or you could have, okay, we're going to open the hard cam section this row is going to be screens but the row in front of it is going to be live fans or this pocket i i think that's something that they can do and i'm going to guess that's probably something that they've looked at i i would i would hope that at least the business size of the wwe tries to forecast what's coming ahead because we all know creative's not doing that actually um it's a very interesting concept that you've brought up and it certainly makes a lot of sense it'll be interesting to see whether or not it can be effectively utilized and how well WWE can capitalize on that concept. You could even do like two LED screens in a row, one fan, two LED screens in a row, one fan, and circle the arena with it. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that would look cool. And I know it's so weird looking at the, um, we're just so not used to seeing these socially distanced wrestling events where you have a pot of people and then nothing but green grass or whatever it is uh, around it. So that would be a way to make the event look fuller. Um, and, and, you know, why not? Why not try it? I mean, it doesn't hurt to try it. And uh, it's it's interesting times we live in. 2020 has been crazy. So and I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. It's just going to get weirder and weirder and weirder. So, uh, so that was, yeah, that was the Thunderdome. So moving on, of course, Saturday night we had – uh, NXT 30 taking on AEW. And I think us at the house show, the biggest thing to come out of AEW that we love is none other than Mr. Brody Lee winning the TNT championship. Of course, we know Brody Lee from being from upstate New York, Western New York, living there, um, you know, seeing, um, you know, Huber boy two back in the day and, and Alex Bay shows and to see, uh, you know, two CW shows at Pastime Athletic Club and seeing uh, the evolution of 
Big Rig Brody Lee, Mr. All Day, um, and just awesome to see him, and we know what he's been through in the WWE and really not getting a chance to be who he could be. Um, how excited were you guys to 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 see that uh, on uh, Saturday night, him uh, decimating Cody? I mean, just dominating him. It was a great presentation, the finish of the match, the pinfall, the post-match celebration, everything with Arn Anderson, the stretcher, just an absolute just annihilation. And I think it was booked really, really well to try to make the Brody character look a lot stronger. Now it's just a matter of how do they move forward with the group because, unfortunately, the Dark Order has been getting a lot of flack. When there were live fans, there was really – they were getting over with the crowd, I feel, in terms of being like the top heels or one of the top heel groups in the company. And ever since the COVID era, it just seems like uh, they've just slipped and slipped and fallen uh, behind – Love, love the uh, you know everything with Brandy getting taken out as well. Uh, I, I think it's great. Now, how do we move forward, or is this going to become like a token Intercontinental Title reign that he had for three, four weeks in his brief feud with Dolph Ziggler? Who knows? No, oh, no, he has this for a while, certainly longer than that IC belt. Um, but Brody's proven, and we knew it. From 2CW days and before, but WWE didn't know it. He's proven he can do anything you ask him to do. He can wrestle anyone. He cuts great promos. He can be the leader of a faction. He can be a main eventer. Like, what more do? You, what more is there for him? If anything, this makes me think eventually in his time there, he'll get an AEW title run as well. You know, like maybe this is a trial run to see how well he does for it. He doesn't even need the Dark Order anymore. Like you're saying, that how the gimmick's not really getting over the way. He doesn't need it. I like the stuff with Colt Cabana that I like a lot. I uh, Colt, for what he is and what he, you know, has gone through and all, and sometimes he's not the best, but I really like that idea for him a lot. I think Brody will continue the Cody Rhodes challenges, but if he defeats you, you got to join the Dark Order. I, that's certainly an interesting concept. I really like the swinging of the bag to knock out Cody. And it turns out the older version of the title that was all smashed up was in there. Uh, I, I look forward to seeing what they're going to do and how they move forward. I just really hope he's finally given the opportunity to shine on a national level. Yeah, and I wonder, too, a lot of it in connecting with the audience and, and getting the flack was the new character of the Exalted One, Mr. Brody Lee. Um, I, I think we are so used to seeing him unhinged and as a, like a lunatic to be this reserved guy who is in control, but also to have that edge to him, um, which is what he had, you know, on Saturday night. Um, also, too, what a great counter program to NXT 30, because if you're going to get people talking, having Cody get squashed and lose the belt is going to get people talking. I mean, it was the same thing that the WWE did with the Brock Lesnar-John Cena match, where Cena got no offense in, and it just gets basically destroyed. So it was it was good to see, and you know, I think we were all happy. Um, and then I know Mr. Hallions has got to be happy for the Eddie Kingston-led faction that may be coming with the Butcher and the Blade and the Lucha Bros. Out of the two squash matches we saw last night, 
the Brody one was by far the better one. As opposed to the NXT one, I'm sure we'll be talking about soon. But did you notice the Eddie Kingston smile, much like Bret Hart reuniting the Hart Foundation? I can't wait for this. I can't wait. I'm interested to see how well all these guys work together. I don't know, you know, if they hang out backstage, if it's just for TV, if there's going to be chemistry there. But I'm curious as hell. This puts Eddie in such a great spot. I don't know how many, like, I know multiple times in the past, he thought he was done. This is, I, I don't think anyone could argue, this is his biggest opportunity he's ever had in his career. So I'm super curious to see where this goes. This is probably going to be his last, like, real stellar push or stellar run to make something of substantial note with his career. Yeah, he's, you know, been with Chikara and a lot of other indies. But now at a national level, again, on TV, he, his run with Impact Wrestling, um, eh, you know, wasn't too, too impressed with it. But I'm hoping now, yeah, he has the opportunity to shine. Being the mouthpiece, he's fantastic on the microphone no one can doubt that whatsoever so being on the mic and and being you know the mouthpiece for this group it's going to be i think it's something good really really good is going to come from it and what an interesting group too to have the butcher and the blade and then the lucha bros like just kind of like a mishmash personality so i'm really curious to see how that all how that all melts into one um and are they you know is this a way if if they come through? You have the Dark Order, you have the Mad King and his and his um you know I don't know what you would call him, but like what's the the, the Mad King's court? <laughs> That's what you want to call the the Round Table. Yeah, the Round Table. Is this a way to turn the Inner Circle face? Because um, you have, you know, I I know they're heel now, but if you have this other group. Because uh, it looks like the elites probably got to split up with with Kenny going heel um, when they break up Kenny and, and, and Hangman here, uh, and I'm gonna guess that's at all out. But um, you, you can have the inner circle just hop into that to that face faction role. You think? Well, like all of them. Well, I mean, I mean, who wants to really cheer Jake Hager? <laughs> like in the grand scheme of things, yeah. no one does. But uh, I, I, I think Sammy Guevara easily could be a face. I mean, he said that dumb comma years ago, which people don't appreciate, but everyone understands it's just words. I think um, Jericho easily, obviously uh, Jericho can be um, a, a face and that could be with just holding up orange Cassidy's arm after the mimosa match. Is that going to be a cinematic match? The mimosa mayhem match? Probably. I think so. I don't think it's as easy a, a change as you think it is to get Jericho to be a face. I think it's going to take I think it's going to take some time, at least 12 steps. And then, of course, uh, why don't we just touch base on NXT 30? Uh, what did you guys think of the event? Um, I know uh, Mr. Hellions hasn't really been able to watch it being home. Uh, but I know the educator was able to, to check it out. And I, I of course watched it. Um, and I know our friends over at, uh, the wrestling memory grenade, uh, you know, Ray there was, uh, we were uh, talking on Twitter and, uh, I think we both love Cameron Grimes, uh, bonding over that. I know they were able to check that out as well. Um, so what did you, uh, what did you think educator of, uh, NXT 30? What stuck out in your mind? And of course, I think one of the big things too 
is not only uh, Cross winning the belt, but Pat McAfee's performance. Uh, what did you What did you think of uh, both of those things? The the match that stood out most for me was the Pat McAfee match, and Adam Cole did a fantastic job and essentially leading McAfee through that match, a rookie through the match. Very impressed with the capabilities uh, with Pat McAfee, as limited as he is in terms of in the ring. If if this was something he really wanted to consider doing uh, and give this a go, there's a lot lot of meat on that bone in terms of what what could be done in in a future if he really wanted to pursue this. Uh, the, the heavyweight championship match, uh, the NXT world title match. Um, I, I'm still not completely sold on, on, you know, killer cross or, or you know, carrying cross. The, the entrance is phenomenal without a doubt. And, uh, I'm still not sold on the in-ring work. I really didn't follow him too much or Scarlet when they were in impact. I was disappointed at the finish of the match, just the way it was just essentially a side suplex off the top or off the second rope. But, you know, I was impressed with the women's match, really. I I thought the women's match was really solid, uh, continuing to uh, develop both ladies. You know, uh, Io Shirai is supposed to be healed, and she's still kind of doing her crazy you know, psycho character, you know, in her entrance to the ring, but then she's the face because, you know, going against, you know, the opponents and over overcoming the odds and so on. And then we see Rhea Ripley doing a run in at the end or a save, but then still has her eye on the title. So uh, the women's division, I think, is really doing well, is rebuilding and is doing a fantastic job. So. Good show overall. Wasn't too stellar. Uh, we sold on the main event, but I mean, it it got the job done. Yeah, and of course, uh, Damian Priest winning the North American uh, Championship in the ladder match. There's something about uh, ladder matches to me in the pandemic era. They just don't feel right. They, you need the pop of the fans for those big spots. Now these. They put their bodies on the line. They were doing some incredible uh, moves. Um, you know, I think one of the big ones was, of course, Candice LeRae on the back of Bronson Reed on the splash to Gargano was a, just a great visual. Um, I, and I think Velveteen Dream may have, when he got thrown off the ladder, fell into a hole. And I know uh, some people are probably hoping we never see him again <laughs> and that the hole went, um, you know, somewhere into the abyss uh anyways um oh you know what speaking of abyss too it's great to see joseph park on smackdown so i just want to throw that out there but yeah everything with velveteen dream i i don't know what to say moving forward i mean apparently there was some internal investigation and the allegations were unfounded so we're just tiptoeing ahead as if everything's all good to go and you know it's crazy how he went from oh, he's probably going to be gone by the end of the week to he's in a major car accident at the end of the week. And that just seemed very, very suspect to then he just randomly shows up a few weeks ago and now has inserted himself into the NXT title picture or the North American title picture. And, you know, Triple H coming out and saying, yep, there was an investigation, there was a query, uh, things were unfounded, and we're moving forward. Yeah, it's it's a kind of an interesting um, an interesting uh, thing going on with Velveteen Dream. Oh, here we go, Mister Hellions. What do you have to say? 
if you're going to have someone be accused like this, okay, and sweep it under the rug and move forward and hope everyone forgets it, there's no better time to do it than when there's not fans in attendance. Bring in signs, booing him, turning against him. If you're going to continue through like like nothing happened, this is the time to do it. Do you think, though, the, the way that he got eliminated from the match is a way to um, kind of write him off television until the heat cools down a little bit? Like they brought him back too premature and they did not expect the vitriol that they got on Twitter. Um, and even when they were asking Triple H on the media call, he just kind of blew it, you know you know, trying to sweep it under the rug. But because the reason I bring that up is because at the end of the match, when they go through and they show everyone and what they've been through, they didn't show Velveteen Dream. He was the only person they didn't show, like, recovering from his injury. He fell off, you know, the ladder and off camera. I mean, he literally off camera, obviously probably onto a crash pad. But, you know, at the end of it, they're going, you see Gargano, like, leaned up against the steps. You see Bronson Reed. You see Grimes. And they don't show Dream, and they didn't mention him at the end at all. So I wonder I wonder if they saw the reaction that they got online and said, you know what, why don't we keep him off TV for a little bit? You're, you're probably right. They probably realized they brought him back too soon, and they shouldn't have, and now they're going to reverse course. But like most things with Velveteen Dream, they just didn't wait for it to mature enough. Has anyone ever debuted in NXT and gotten the NXT title faster than Cross? I mean, who do you feud with? I, I know they got Ciampa coming back this week. Is they just going to go into a Ciampa Cross feud? Ciampa and a Lee rematch, probably. Uh, I mean, Adam Cole? Uh, you just you got to figure out where are they going now with Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era. He's got the win. Over Pat McAfee, is there going to be, you know, a follow-up to this all, or a one-off? Or was it, there's a sign of respect? We're going to do a continued program. What do we do now with the Undisputed Era? Are any of them, all of them, going to get bumped up? I mean, we're now looking, it's three years since they, you know, debuted that summer. And, you know, when Drew McIntyre won the NXT title and Adam Cole debuted SummerSlam weekend what's left now for Adam Cole to do in NXT? I mean, it's, it's, you know, time to go and it's time to, you know, move on to, to the the main roster. I feel at this point, there's not much more to do. I think that's, what's going to happen with Keith Lee. Keith Lee will definitely be on the main roster. I mean, they need the star power up there. I don't see him rematching for the NXT, especially when, I mean, when's the next takeover October. I thought it was November. Yeah, I, I mean, so there there will be a draft, um, a superstar shakeup, whatever you want to call it, that's going to happen in between there. So, I mean, that could be a place where you see uh, Velveteen Dream reappear. You see Keith Lee reappear. Um, you know, Undisputed Era, it would be almost great if they were the faction that was invading SmackDown and oh, Raw. Oh, they were ret- Retribution, whatever. Yeah, if it was Undisputed Era instead of Retribution. Because uh, with Champa coming back to NXT this week, and he was one of the rumored Retribution people, like, okay, if he's gonna be in NXT, who's in Retribution? I mean, 
Dominic Dijakovic obviously has been penciled in, but it's just, I, I don't know where they're going with that storyline either. I have no idea what's going on with any of this stuff. Uh, but of course, you know, we have, we have, um, you know, SummerSlam happening tonight as we record this. And then next week we have another pay-per-view and payback. So I'm sure we will see some shenanigans at SummerSlam that the world is talking about. But I think on that note, guys, that'll do it for our Monday morning. Uh, educator, anything you want to say? I know on Thursday we are covering Over the Edge. Uh, and what a, uh, a spoiler alert, guys. It's a really good pay-per-view. Oh, fantastic show. I, I keep... I don't remember, and I was we were just I was talking to Hellions the other, yesterday about this. I don't remember 1998 being so good, and the Over the Edge pay per view. What a pleasant surprise it was going back and reliving through that, and fantastic show. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think out of uh, all of our recent shows, this is going to be a big one for people listening to then jump on the network and immediately have to watch it as well. Yeah, if you don't watch them with us and you just listen to our commentary on them, this will be a show that you want to watch after our commentary uh, because it's really good. Um, yeah, so anything you want to say, educator, uh, to the people that you will talk to in three days on Thursday? Hey, hey, please send us in some questions. Follow us on social media. Thank you guys for following our show and, and continue to support the Retro Network. Yeah, and I just want to say thank you for, of course, listening to our show, whether you get that on the separate podcast feed or you get it on the TRN Mega feed, which is, I mean, jam-packed with stuff every single day. Um, I think last Monday there was like five podcasts released. Uh, us wrestling memory grenade wizards. Uh, there might have been like a crappy sequel quest podcast that was on there. I mean, they just put out crap every week too. So, so much content for you to listen to. Delete some of it, probably sequel quest. Listen to us. Listen to the other uh, wrestling memory grenade. Listen to all the great wrestling content on the mega feed. And then, Mister Kevin Hellions, take us home. All right. Thank you to my co-host for another great show. Thank you to the Retro Network for hosting us. Thank you to WD Network for our content. Thank you to Richard Reader for our logo. You can follow us across social media at TRN House Show. You can follow my stuff at Master Library. And uh, you can follow us as we watch a, another pay-per-view on Sunday and another one after that. And then I hope there's a break after that. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.